T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's get to our friend Sam Monson, see how he feels about the divisional round of the NFL playoffs this coming weekend. Sam Monson, pro football focus. If you're not... Subscribe to Pro Football Focus. You got it. Best information anywhere on the internet, on Twitter, breaking down all games and grades of players across the league. Sam Monson, good to have you, my friend. Happy Friday. It's Ross Tucker and Dave Briggs. Let let me phrase it this way. So we've been asking viewers which game they're most looking forward to. But if it here's how I want to phrase it to you, Sam. If you could only watch one of these four games, which I know would be torture for you, it'd be like waterboarding you. If you could only watch one of these games, which is it? I don't think you can turn down the chance to watch Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens and what they do, even if that's a blowout. Ah. Even if they wreck the Titans, how can you turn down the chance to watch Lamar and just see what he does in the course of a game? That's the one I'd be watching. That's interesting, Sam. That's the one I will be getting paid to watch. I will be in the booth for that one for Westwood One. Not too shabby. I like it. Let me ask you this, Sam. Since you guys, I know not necessarily you personally, but since you guys watch every snap of every game, what are the different ways in which teams have tried to stop Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense? And what, if any, has been most effective? In particular, so many of the plays where there's some type of read option, or at least it appears there's a type of read option for Lamar. Well, that's the thing. It's like that old Mike Tyson quote. You know, it's everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And it's like everybody's got a plan to stop Lamar Jackson until you're the guy faced with a one-on-one shot at him and he just makes you look like an idiot. And, and that's the problem mm-hmm. is that, you know, teams have gone about stopping Lamar in a couple of different ways. And, go back to last year and what the Chargers did to him in terms of, you know, they basically stopped the run with a whole bunch of safeties. They took all the linebackers off the field and tried to win with speed, but he's developed so much more now as a passer that it's made any game plan devised to stop him virtually impossible. And even if you just focus on the read option stuff and the run game stuff, he is too good an athlete for anything you come up with to work on a reliable basis because everything you do is just an assignment-based system, and you're going you're gonna to assign one guy to Lamar, and that's fine, but that guy now needs to make a tackle on him in space, and that's where things start to fall down. So, you know, I think ultimately there is no great game plan to stop Lamar in this Ravens offense, except maybe to score points and to actually put mm-hmm. them on the back foot and to force them into, a, into chasing the game and playing from behind in a way that they don't typically do. So, honestly, I think the best defense against uh, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, is a good offense and actually put them in a rough spot early in the game. Talking to Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. If you're not subscribed to PFF.com, you are a loser. But they prove why the quarterback is the most important position on the football field. Top 10 quarterbacks graded on Pro Football Focus. You've got seven 
of the top nine still playing in the playoffs. So no question what the most important position is. The question is about the guy who tied as number one graded quarterback on PFF. That's Ryan Tannehill. And still a surprise given how he finished last year, which I think was dead last on PFF. The question is, if they allow Derrick Henry to eat and get his 100 to 150 yards, is Ryan Tannehill good enough to beat Baltimore? Will 8 of 15 for 72 yards and a touchdown cut it against this Baltimore team? I mean, I think he's good enough. Like you say, he's been playing like the best quarterback in the NFL since he became the starter in Tennessee. If he continues to do that, that's good enough to win these games. Um, the question is whether Baltimore secondary is good enough to slow him down or to punish him and, you know, force turnovers. Marcus Peters obviously coming over there has made a huge difference in terms of forcing turnovers, stealing the ball for their defense. So, you know, I think Tannehill, th this gravy train has not fallen off the rails yet. He has been playing extremely well, even last week against the Patriots. Obviously, they didn't. That wasn't a game plan. They didn't have him passing as much as they have in the past. But he made a couple of key passes in that game that were absolutely instrumental in them winning. So, yeah, I think Ryan Tannehill is good enough to be a reason this Tennessee team um, scores some points on Baltimore. But they're going to be going up against one of the best defenses they faced as well. And obviously that just makes any quarterback's life more difficult. Sam, let's get to the other game on Saturday, and that's the Vikings and the Niners. Second consecutive week, I am surprised by the betting line and the Niners laying seven points to the Vikings. I mean, I don't know where you guys have them in the PFF grade, Sam, but Kirk Cousins, pretty good quarterback. Dalvin Cook, pretty good running back. Thielen and Diggs, pretty good receivers. Eric Kendricks, pretty good linebacker. Daniel Hunter, ever, like the Vikings have a lot of talent. What, what am I missing that the odds makers for the second week in a row don't like about the Vikings? They do. They have a lot of talent, but they have no slot cornerbacks of any description. Um, last week, Andrew Sandejo, with, you know, their third safety, was basically tasked with playing slot corner and covering Michael Thomas for half the game, and it worked. You know, my, uh, Mike Zimmer was able to dial up an incredible defensive plan for that uh, game. He's going to need to do it again. It's going to be a completely different set of challenges with George Kittle, with Debo Samuel, uh, with Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, they, it's a completely different set of guys they're going to need to cover, but the slot has never been more important in today's NFL, and the Vikings literally do not have a slot defender on the roster. They have to patch this thing up in a way that's just so hard to do, plus they're going on the road again for the second week. It's just it's a tough route the Vikings are going to need to go. Talking to Sam Monson, ProFootballFocus.com, uh, I have it at least... According to my information, the Vikes are the best team in the league, according to your website, in defending the tight ends. Does that leave them actually very well suited to at least slow down the San Francisco offense? Yeah, I mean, it should do. The, the Vikings have a really good defense, and Mike Zimmer showed last week he's still well capable of you know, dialing up unique game plans that will slow down even the best offenses in the NFL. So this is one of the best you know, schematic matchups of the week you've got. The Kyle Shanahan offense that's able to carve anybody up and scheme guys wide open left and right, going up against Mike Zimmer's defense, fresh off the back of completely shutting down the New Orleans Saints offense outside of Taysom Hill. 
So, yeah, I think this is a really exciting matchup. You've got an all-pro caliber linebacker in Eric Kendricks going up against George Kittle, who just posted the best single-season grade we've ever seen from a tight end. There's, there's matchups all over the field in this one. Let's get to Sunday. Chiefs and the Texans. It's Dave's number one matchup, Sam. He can't wait to see it's last for me. Dead last, because I think the Chiefs are going to roll the Houston Texans. I want to start with Deshaun Watson. I talked with my buddy Greg Cosell yesterday on my podcast, available, radio.com app. And he said, which I thought was interesting, that he's not sure Deshaun Watson is a special player as much as maybe he's a good player that makes some special plays. And I'm wondering if you kind of know what Greg meant, or maybe you disagree. Yeah, I know what he meant. I, I think I would extend it a little bit, and I'd say that he's a great player, just not all the time. Um, and I, I think, really, this game comes down to Deshaun Watson. It's whether you get the great Deshaun Watson or you get the one that doesn't show up every now and again. And, you know, it looked like last week was going to be the latter, and then he sort of took over the game late on and became the great player that he can be again. But I, I think the Chiefs are a much better team, you know, top to bottom. And Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback more often than Deshaun Watson. But I think Watson is absolutely capable of going toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and having the kind of game where he drags the Texans to compete with the Chiefs. I just I just don't know if you can rely on it happening. So that, I think, is the concern, is whether Watson is able to do that this week because he's certainly capable of it. You just can't guarantee it. So, Sam, when they played earlier in the year, the Texans scored 31 points. Now, over the last month or so, the Chiefs' defense has been awesome. What's the biggest reason for their improvement? Yeah, it's gotten a lot better, and I think they've become more game plan focused. So it's been a transition over the course of the year. You know, a year ago, the Chiefs did the same thing every single week, and they said, look, we play man coverage. We're going to go out there. We're going to try and make it as difficult for you as possible. But ultimately, if you're able to beat our man coverage, you're going to toast this defense. This year, they've moved to much more of a game plan specific game. And some days they play a lot of zone coverage. Some days they play a lot of man. Some days they're blitz heavy. Some days they'll back off and they'll let you, you know, hang yourself. And I I think ultimately that's a better way of playing defense. And it just took a little while for them to all get comfortable with what they're doing. But now you're seeing the dividends of that paid because this defense is capable of stealing some possessions back for Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense in a way they just weren't a year ago. Talking to Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Check them out. Subscribe. It's pff.com. The game he's most looking forward to is the Titans and the Ravens. Our followers, our listeners, Sam, overwhelmingly right now are leaning towards Another game that features future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Seahawks and Packers, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. If those two are a push in this game, what's the most important matchup to watch in it? Yeah, and I think this is this might not be the game I'm most looking forward to, but it's the game I think will be the closest over the weekend. Mm. Um, I think the matchup to watch is Green Bay's defensive line going up in Seattle's offensive line because the Packers have got, you know, Zadarius Smith led the NFL in pressures this year. Kenny Clark is one of the best interior forces in the NFL. The Seahawks offensive line isn't great even when it's healthy, and it's far from healthy right now. So that should be a huge mismatch in Green Bay's favor. 
But the thing I would say is I don't think the quarterbacks are a push at all. I think right now Russell Wilson is a dramatically better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. And I think everyone sort of expects the old Aaron Rodgers to come back at some point. But I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I, I think we might have seen the best of Aaron Rodgers, you know, quite some time ago now. Wow, Sam, that's an interesting statement. I got to follow up on that one. My question is, how much of it is a deterioration in Aaron's play versus maybe Matt LaFleur's new offense? What are you seeing? He's just not seeing things as well. He's not as accurate as he used to be. Is the arm strength not the same? What do you see on tape? Right, and the problem with Rodgers is every year there's one of those, right? Last The last couple of years it was, you know, whether it's Mike McCarthy's offense getting stale or the skill position guys. And look, there's always there's always some truth to some of that. Um, you know, this year he was without Devontae Adams for a lot of it. He still clearly doesn't have faith in any of those other receivers winning consistently and being those guys. But ultimately Rodgers isn't making as many big plays as he used to. They're still there, but they're not quite as regular. His overall efficiency isn't quite where it is. And he's not as aggressive as he used to be. He's kind of slowly but surely steered himself down this path of ultra conservative play where he doesn't really attack the middle of the field that much, you know, doesn't turn over the ball, that very low interception rate. Um, but he takes some more sacks than he should and, you know, just kind of puts his team in a hole sometimes in a way that he just didn't used to. So, I think it's not that he's a bad quarterback. You know, he finished the year, I think, still in our top 10, just albeit heading in the wrong direction. But Russell Wilson, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL this year, certainly right up there with the very best. And Rodgers just isn't at that level right now. You mentioned his former coach, Mike McCarthy, who was introduced as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys this week. And a hell of a name check to Pro Football Focus during the press conference. Let's listen to what McCarthy said about PFF during his gap year. During uh, during your time off this past season, how much did you get a chance to watch the Cowboys, and what did you think of the team that you saw? Uh, I watched a lot of the Cowboys. You know, Frankly, uh, when the season started, I uh, watched a lot of game tape and then got into a, a – an editing system uh, that I was fortunate to, to, to attain through uh, PFF. Uh, you know, thank those guys down there, Neil Hornsby and Chris Collinsworth. But we really just start tracking trends and, and, and looking at um, a number of different things, you know, situationally in football and, 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 and the Cowboys were, you know, obviously with, the, with their, um, you know, excellent offense were, were a big part of those studies. So uh, it was more situation specific, but the, you know, I have it just, you know, like I said, in the early in the season, I watched a lot of game tape. <laughs> he then revealed that he lied, Sam, about having watched every snap of last season. But uh, does Mike McCarthy go from a guy who didn't buy into the analytics and the statistical side of the game into being a, a new age PFF analytical guy? And do you think that will work out in Dallas? Yeah, I mean, he seemed to spend his year kind of developing this whole approach and, under, you know, figuring out what the landscape looked like outside of what he knew already existed and understanding how it could better fit in, in an NFL team, in an NFL front office. So, you know, it looked like Mike McCarthy created this giant plan to much more integrate PFF uh, analytics generally into what he would be doing going forward. And I think that can only be a good thing for Dallas.
I think we can all agree on that. Incorporate more PFF equals more success for Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. Sam Monson, appreciate the time. Enjoy the divisional round of the playoffs, sir. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.